0: We started last week a series uh, called Songs of, Christ- of Thanksgiving, Song of Thanksgiving, to focus on that often forgotten holiday that's between fall football season that's very busy and Christmas that's even busier. It's stuck in there somewhere. Sometimes it gets forgotten, but, uh, but it's there. It's Thanksgiving. It's an incredibly important time for us to stop and say, oh, Lord, thank you, you've blessed me. It's so good for us to just slow down a little bit and count our blessings, see what God has done in our life, to recall the goodness of God in our lives. It's an important thing. Thanksgiving is a big deal and that's why we chose to do this series about, about Thanksgiving. Psalm 103 has provided our text for that. Um, It's it's one that David wrote. It's really a a list of what he thought about God's blessings. I want you to read it with me as as I read this. Here goes. Praise the Lord, O my soul, my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles." Very familiar passage of Scripture. This is David writing his list of blessings, counting his blessings. He called them benefits. Benefits of what it means to walk with and know Jesus, know His Savior, to know God. Those are the benefits. And they are amazing benefits. Last week, we looked at the first one from, from verse 3. He heals all, I mean, He forgives all our sins. We talked about when a person has repented of their sins, turned away from their sins, and given their life to God, and asked God to forgive their sins, He forgives them. And He takes them away. He removes them forever. Forever. That's an incredible benefit. And you know, last week, both in the service here and also during the week, we found out even in different places that ministry was going on at at Kingwood, there were people who gave their hearts to the Lord, turned away from sin, asked God to forgive them, their sins were wiped away. Last week, we had a great harvest of people who that, that happened in this very place. It's an incredible benefit. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing when God forgives sins. What a benefit. Amen. Today we're going to look at the second half of verse 3. The Bible says, He forgives your sins and heals all your diseases. God, our healer. Uh Max Lucado tells this story. It's a great story about Chippy the parakeet, okay? Yeah, there there was a little parakeet named Chippy, and Chippy Chippy didn't know what had hit him. He he was just, one moment, he was sitting in his little cage, just sitting there and enjoying life. And the next minute, trouble came. Uh, See, what happened was the owner decided it's time to clean out Chippy's cage. So the owner took her vacuum cleaner, and she... And she, uh, you know, took the, the thing off the end and, and, and put it in there to, to vacuum out the bottom of Chippy's cage. And then the phone rang, so she bent over to answer the phone. And all of a sudden, <whistles> yep, Chippy went right down into the vacuum cleaner. She freaked out, threw the vacuum cleaner down, and, 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 and didn't know what to do. So she, she opened up, pulled the bag out, reached down in there, and pulled out Chippy. Now, Chippy was still alive. Chippy was covered with dust and dirt and all kind of stuff and so she tried to get all that out and she ran immediately to the sink and started washing Chippy and and putting water all over and trying to get all the water and then Chippy started shaking and freezing and so she did exactly what any person who's trying to wash a bird would do she grabbed the blow dryer and she started blow drying it hot air just blow drying that bird well she she told some friends what had happened and the next day, a friend called and said, how's Chippy doing? She said, well, to be honest with you, Chippy hadn't been singing a lot today. Chippy just sort of sits there staring. The person on the phone says, well, it's no wonder. I mean, think about it. Chippy's been sucked in, washed over, and blown out. So that's, that's too much for any bird, you know. There's one thing that I have learned in, in 50 years of knowing Jesus as my Savior and 45 years of being in ministry is that things happen and people hurt and people feel pain and sometimes they don't know how it happened or why it happened and they don't understand it but they just know things happen and we all need healing. Sometimes we all need healing. Everyone in here needs healing. We talked last week about all have sinned. We all know what sin is like, right? We all know what sin is like. So we all need a Savior. We all need one to forgive us. Well, in the same way, we all know what sickness is. We all know that we need a healer. Um, He heals all our diseases. Let's look at that word disease, all right? Diseases. It's it's real interesting. I enjoy doing word studies. And when you look at that word disease, uh, it's it's sort of like we looked at the word sin last week. With the word sin, there are 22 words used in the Old Testament for sin, all different kinds of sin. But the one word we focused on was one that encompassed all of them. Well, it's very similar with disease. There are In the Old Testament specifically, there are diseases that are mentioned specifically. Leprosy and blindness and deafness and bleeding and and different different skin diseases and and, uh, 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 fevers. They're they're different words for different diseases. But there's one that's translated here, all their diseases. There's one word that sort of encompasses encompasses all of those. And uh, it's a word that the root of that word... The root of that word is to be ripped and torn. It's, it's sort of the picture of skin being pulled back and torn away. I mean, it sounds painful, doesn't it? Well, that's what it is. That's the picture that's that's given it. It's, a, it's sort of a picture of all of the problems that happen. When somebody's skin is ripped away from them, they have a, a local problem, and then there's pain all over their body, and it takes a long time to heal, and infection can get in. It's one of those Ripping kind of things when 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 sickness rips things from us, Satan rips our life from us. Sometimes in sickness, it's the ripping and tearing away. Adam and Eve were created whole, right? Before sin came into the world, Adam and Eve were created whole. There was no sickness, and then when sin came into the world, they and and ripped their souls from them, then sickness came and could rip their bodies from them. Where does sickness come from? It comes from sin. It comes from us being in a sinful world. Um, sin and sickness are linked. I want you to look in Mark chapter 2. We, we read this last week. I want to read it again. Uh, there was a man who was paralyzed and uh, they had, he'd gone through the roof, and he was, he was laying there in front of Jesus. They'd lay, lowered him down. And um, Jesus had said to the man, your sins are forgiven you. Because he saw in his heart that man had repented of his sins, and he, he had already received that forgiveness. He says, your sins are forgiven. And everybody goes, ah, oh, that's ridiculous. So here's the story, all right? Here goes. Which is it easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and take your mat and walk? But I want you to know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And he got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. Now, let's let's see what this was. Why did Jesus link sin and disease together? It's because being in a sinful world brought disease on us. We've all sinned. We all have had disease. So when Jesus forgave the sins of the paralytic, the Pharisees said, oh, no, 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 that's just words. You can't just say with your words, sins are forgiven. There's no proof that sins are forgiven. That's just your words. That's false words. They called him a false prophet. And Jesus said, okay, then I'll just do something that you can't deny. So what I'm going to do because sickness comes from sin, I'm going to show you I have authority over sickness. And when I show you I have authority over sickness, then I dare you to challenge me and I have authority over sin. So what he did is he attacked the fruit of sin, proving that he had authority over, sick, over sickness and sin. And that's what he did. That's why that happened. Let's look at another word in that text. How about the word heal? Uh, You're not going to be surprised at this. This is an incredible word. The word heal here is the word, word mainly used in the Old Testament, and it literally means to stitch together, to stitch back. What, What did, what did disease mean? Rip apart. What does healing mean? Stitching back together. Isn't that neat? God said that. Hey, look, when I, when I was about 11 years old, I got a, a, a present for a, a gift, I guess for a birthday or something like that. I got a speedometer to go on my spider bike. I'd gotten one of those bikes with the big old handlebars, you know, and a banana seat. Man, it was blue. It was beautiful. And I, man, I was excited about my bike. I got the speedometer put on it, and I went to the, to the top of a hill that runs down in front of my house, way up on top of the hill. And I said, I'm going to go as fast as I can go, see how much I can get this speedometer up. And so I was, you know how the boys are standing up on there, just going like crazy down that hill, fast as I could go. And of course, I hit one of those hard green pine cones laying in the road. And it, I went over it, and it sort of made me start doing this. And the next thing I know, I let go of the steering wheel, and I hit the asphalt chin first. Yeah, oh, didn't it hurt? It hurt, just think about it, didn't it? Well, that's what disease is, because it scraped everything, all right? I hit chin first, broke a tooth, it scraped my nose, it scraped my cheek, it scraped my eyebrows, it scraped my head, it scraped my chest, it scraped my arms. I just went across the asphalt. People came running out of their house because I stood up screaming. That was a bloody mess. And I, I remember standing up going, am I okay? And I remember Mrs. Horn saying, no, you know. <laughs> so anyway, they, they, they took me, got me in a car and took me about four houses down to my parents' house. And my parents took me to the emergency room. And of course, you know what happened. They had to get all the grit out of my skin and, and that hurt. And then they did, yep, they did it. He stitched up the wounds. Stitch them, I still, under this beard, I still have a nice big old scar from all this. And a broken tooth, so whatever. That's what, that's what happened. I I had all of my skin ripped away from me and the only remedy was to stitch it back together. That's what healing is. This God's process of stitching you back together and putting you back together the way He made you. I believe in healing. I believe in healing because I believe in forgiveness. Forgiveness stitches back together your soul. Healing stitches back together your physical body or your mental. It's the same. Do you believe that God knows how to stitch? Yes He does. I believe in healing. Look. I do not want to be skeptical of divine healing like the Pharisees were skeptical of forgiveness. I don't want to get caught in the trap that they were caught into. For some people, it's hard to believe in healing at all because they say, oh, you know, we humans— we, we, can't, we can't control the outcome of something. We want to believe in something, we can control the outcome. So I don't believe in healing because I can't predict it, and I, I don't know if every time I pray it's going to happen. So I'm just going to back off and say, "Hey, none of our business, none of our business." We back away. That's a lie of the enemy. That's a lie of the enemy. If I pray and it doesn't happen, if I pray for somebody it doesn't happen, I'm going to embarrass God. Let me tell you something. You are not going to embarrass God. You're not you cannot embarrass God. Well there, there are a lot of weirdos out there. There are a lot of weirdos. They deny science and doctors. And they 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 they, they, they say uh, they, they tell somebody they're well and they're obviously not. Well there are a lot of weirdos out there. Yes there are weirdos out there. There are weirdos out there about everything. There are weirdos out there about football. There are some extreme positions that people take, and I know that's true. Uh, you know, any, any position that takes, you take a child who's sick and dying, the parents stubbornly refuse to take the child to the hospital, stubbornly refuse. I reject that. That's wrong. That's terrible. That's an extreme view that should not be, it should be rejected. I mean, even Jesus, when He healed a leper, He told the leper, go to the priest who were the doctors of the day, And show yourself to them and let them confirm that you're well. Not afraid of medicine and science. I want you to know this. It's always God who heals anybody. No matter. It's always God. When we go to doctors, when we take medicine, God's still the healer. uh, Several years ago, some of you remember, I, I had a brain aneurysm. And I am grateful, so grateful for an incredible doctor that I was referred to by somebody in this church. Who And I, I'm, so, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for the medicine I had when the pain was unbearable. I'm so grateful for the prayers of God's people because here's what I know. As good as doctors were and as effective as medicine might have been, God was my healer. Because God arranged it all. God is my healer. And I know that. I'm not, I'm not going to be skeptical. God was my healer. Doctors don't cure patients. God does. Medicine doesn't cure people. God does. A doctor friend of mine said one time, I was, I was uh, honored to be able to bind the wound, but God does the healing. And that's true. Look, let's get it in the right perspective. Let's don't just throw one out or the other out. Let's think about it. Let's be balanced and normal people. Let's think about it. Conversely, The view that says, well, we don't see a lot of miracles, so let's just eliminate that from the possibilities. Let's just let people say, well, you know, we just live in a broken world. We just have to go through and endure all the sicknesses that are put upon us. I reject that too. That's wrong. That's not true. Boy, is that falling into the devil's trap. Any extreme view is wrong. But there's truth out there. There's truth out there. we gotta, we got to let God's Word speak to truth. And I wanna, what I want to do today, I'm not going to give you a tutorial on all the things about healing. We ain't got time for that. <laughs> I, and I sure don't know it. I, cu- I don't think I can teach it. All the things about healing. But I want to do this. I want to give you today, if I can, an anchor that you can put your soul in, you can put your heart in, an anchor from God's Word of some truths that you know are true and you don't have to doubt them. Yes, I believe in healing because God said, I'm a healer. Exodus 15, 26. I am the Lord who heals you. That's his name, Jehovah Rophe. I am the Lord who heals you. Here's my first Anchor, my first point, and I want you to see it. Healing is in God's plan. Don't doubt it. Healing is in God's plan. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, we see God as healer. I mean, we go all the way back. You see miraculous physical healings as as the children of Israel were coming out of out of Egypt. Into the promised land. We saw incredible miracles where God healed them. We see miraculous healings in the the ministry of the prophets, Elijah, Elisha, and Samuel, and Isaiah and Jeremiah. You see incredible healings that occur. People raised from the dead. Incredible healing miracles. We see we hear David sing, as we have here, Psalms of that God is our healer, that He heals all our diseases. In the Bible, we know Jesus' ministry was by and large a teaching and healing ministry, was it not? You you cannot read the New Testament and see that Jesus went around and every once in a while He healed a few people. Good grief. It was was primarily a traveling, preaching, and healing ministry. Matthew 4.23, Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. When it says every, every kind of, every different kinds, in other words, there were none that were, that were harder than others. You know, it's like sometimes we pray, I'm, I'm gonna pray for your cold to get better, but I ain't, I ain't praying about the cancer, that's too big. Jesus healed all of them. And then, let's go further in the Bible. Jesus gave his disciples the power to heal. He did. You read about it. I mean, this is before the resurrection. It's before the Holy Spirit came, even. He gave his disciples the authority to go out and heal the sick, and they did. And sometimes they blew it. You can read about it. It's like a learning. They were on a learning curve. They were big time on a learning curve. And we still are. More than once they went out and displayed his power. How about this one? Jesus also commanded his followers to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and to bind up the wounds of people that were still sick. He gave us those, that, that commandment as well. Jesus healed the most deadly of diseases. Jesus didn't just heal, you know, a sore thumb. Jesus looked at a guy with leprosy, who was uncurable and was dying a slow, miserable, rotting death, and immediately was cleansed. Jesus took the worst diseases and He healed them. That's not the end. Healing was common in the book of Acts, the early church, the first 200 years of Christianity The documents are full of incredible healings all over the world. And as as Christianity spread, Paul even said when he went to Corinth, I didn't come to you in words only. I came to you with a display of the power of God. And that's what he did. So it's throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament. And today, there's evidence all around us of the major healings that God has done. Who, raise your hand in this room if you know you've been touched and God has healed you before. Raise your hand. Look at that! Look at that! Come on, guys, look at that! There's evidence. I believe in healing to you. Yes, I believe in healing. Divine healing has, is and has always been an outgrowth of God's character. It's in His character, it's in His nature of love and mercy and kindness toward creation. I want don't you, don't you to hear this. God don't make people sick. God doesn't throw sickness on people to teach them little lessons. God, God does not, it is not the author of sickness. He is not. I'm telling you the truth. God didn't, wasn't the author of sin and He can't be the author of its fruit. God is not the author. He's not responsible for sickness in the world. We need to quit thinking He is. And when you, when you have somebody go, well, it's just my, my lot to bear, you're, you're, you're saying that God wants you to be sick. That's not true. Here's, number, here's my second point. Big anchor. Jesus paid the price for healing. <laughs> yes, He did. Listen to the Word. Surely, He took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered Him punished by God, stricken by Him, and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was cru- crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him, and by His wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned our own way, but the Lord has laid on Him, Jesus, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Jesus paid the price. Look, none of us in, in our world can, would be able to transport ourselves back to first century Palestine when Jesus was living and see the misery that the people were in in, in the country Jesus grew up in. I mean, disease and sickness was rampant. So imagine the delight of someone who just had their eyesight restored. Imagine the delight when someone's legs worked again. Imagine as Jesus walked around and, and and loved on people and and touched them. What if you had a withered hand and immediately your hand was made whole? Can you imagine the delight they felt? Or if you've been blind since birth. You didn't have anything connecting up there. And all of a sudden, you could see? Imagine. Imagine that. Imagine if you had had, had, had an issue of blood that had been, that had drained you for years and years and years. And you'd gone to, the Bible says, all kinds of physicians. And all they had done is bankrupted you. And they hadn't helped you at all. And Jesus came. And when you just touched the bottom of his garment, you were made whole. Imagine the delight of that sweet lady. Imagine if you had a child with seizures and instantly the child had no more seizures. Imagine you had no hope because you had incurable leprosy. You had been isolated away from your family, away from your friends, away from all all, all communities other than other lepers. And there you were spending the rest of your life hopeless, rotting to death. And in one word, You were made clean. Imagine the delight and the joy and the gratitude and the thanksgiving that was in that nation when Jesus walked those streets. Now, why did Jesus do that? He was making a statement, folks. He was saying, I'm going after the fruit of sin to show you that I can take away your sin." I'm going to go after this thing that you can see and show you God's power to change the stuff inside you can't see. Does that make sense? That's why healing is so important. It is. God heals. Jesus came to set captives free. That's what it says. He he quoted Isaiah 61. He said that that's the reason God sent me, to set captives free. Are sick people captive? Yes. Yes. And some of you know that more than others. Healing proves His power to do that, and it still does. What He did on the cross when He died settled our soul issues and provided healing for our physical issues. That's good news. we got a lot to be thankful for. Now I want to give you the third. And you you may not, you're not going to expect this one. Maybe you will. This is a big deal, and I want you to hear it. Number three, we are now agents of God's healing power. What? What? I thought God just every once in a while randomly up there just said, I think I'll heal him, but not him. And I'm going to heal him, but not him. And I'm going to heal him and not him. It's not true. God has given us us the task of telling the world about the healer. He's given us the task of bringing healing to our world. On the cross, Jesus defeated sin and disease. Do you all agree with that? On the cross, he defeated it. But it hadn't been wiped away yet. Look around. Look around. Do you see sin around us in the world? Do you see sickness around us in the world? then the job's not done yet what Jesus did is finished what he did is finished but what's happened on the earth is not finished yet so what does Jesus say Matthew 10 verse 7 and 8 as you go proclaim the message the kingdom of heaven has come near heal the sick raise the dead cleanse those who have leprosy drive out demons Freely you have received, freely give. A minute ago I said, raise your hand if you know God has healed you. And and I think the majority of people in the, in the house raised your hand, and maybe online y'all did too. Hey, listen, that means there should be that many testimonies out there of you praying for some other folks that God would heal them too. <laughs> That's our job, guys. Our job is to do what Jesus told us to do, not just wait like, like, Remember the guys that were sitting around the the pool of Bethesda and they said, every once in a while it bubbles up and, and an angel comes and stirs up the waters and the first one in wins. Like it's a lottery. And see, that's not what it is at all. In fact, even that whole thing, angels didn't come stir that water. That was a pagan worship place. And people thought it was their only hope, so they gathered around it. And it was like a... I hope you. I hope you make it. I hope you're first in there. And it was all about winning the lottery. Sort of. That's how people look at healing. Sometimes it's just when we just hope I'm the lucky guy that God chooses. That's not the way we look at it. You got to understand something about God. It's 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 in His plan. Jesus paid for it, and He's let us be His ambassadors for it. <clears throat> now. You say, well, man, that, that's, that's too much. That's just too heavy for me. That's too heavy for me. I, I, I'm just not ready for this kind of stuff. That's too much pressure. What if the person I pray for doesn't have enough faith? What if I don't have enough faith while I'm praying for them? Uh, what if there's sin in their life and I don't know about it and that's why they're not being healed? Or what if there's another reason they're not being healed because they smoke too much? Or what if there's, and we, we go, what if, the, the what if, what if, and then we go, well, I'm just not going to touch it. I'm not going to worry about it. Hey, listen, it's our job to minister to people, not to figure out the whys. Jesus didn't even ask the whys. He didn't. He just saw the need. Of course it involves prayer, and it of course involved involves maybe laying on the hands and praying for people. But folks, let me tell you, healing is not just about instantaneous miracles. It's not, and we got to get that out of our mind that anything less than that is not from God. It is true. Healing is more than an instantaneous miracle. Jesus also commanded us to minister to people in the process of healing. He told us to do that plainly. Look at Matthew 25. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in, needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. You know what that means? Over a period of time, you took care of them. Why? Because you didn't have enough faith for them to be healed. No! You were in the process of bringing healing to them by obeying the Lord and what you're doing. You can do that and pray at the same time. You don't have to say, well, it didn't work. It's still working. Did you know that that in the Scripture, the Hebrew Scripture I read to you, uh, He heals all our diseases. He forgives all our sins. Did you know in the Hebrew language... I know what I'm talking about here. It's called a present present active participle, and it means he is forgiving their sins. He is healing their diseases. It's a process. It's not just an event. Healing is often a process. We're called to be good to people during that process, not be scared of them and say, well, I pray for It didn't work, so I don't want to talk to you because I'm afraid you're going to tell me it didn't work tomorrow too. We're agents of healing if we pray. One time in the Scripture, Paul, the Bible says, Paul said that he had asked the Lord to remove a thorn in his flesh, that word flesh means body, and, and, and said three times, and the Lord says, my grace is sufficient. Now, God didn't say, no, I'm not going to heal you, because God did heal him. But he said, my grace is sufficient. You know what happened? In the meantime, God's grace is sufficient. And you might be God's grace for somebody to love on them and take care of them And help them and feed them and clothe them and give them their medicine and take them to their doctor visit if you need to. We have got to understand healing involves us, not just some supernatural zap from heaven. We're agents of healing as we pray and care for those who need it. We're about the love of Christ Jesus. We do the things Jesus did wherever we are and whenever we're there. No matter how long it takes. I guarantee you it's God's will to heal his children. Did you hear me? I guarantee you it's God's will to heal his children. But I'm not in charge of his timetable, he is. I'm not in charge of that. I don't have to be in charge of that. I will tell you this, every believer that has ever died out there in the middle of their sickness is healed right now. And they're not complaining one bit. And they see God as their healer and they never were disappointed in it. I don't understand all this stuff. I'm not trying to figure out all this stuff. Forget trying to figure, it'll drive you crazy to figure out. The enemy will come to you and try to make you figure out everything. You can't do it. You're not God. But we have commands. Let's keep our command. The commands he gave us. What? We got to pray for the sick, lay hands on the sick, and pray for them. And we've got to take care of them too. We gotta do both of those things and we gotta show his love. Um, I wanna read to you out of James chapter 5. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let him pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Get this Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make a sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. All kinds of healing. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Immediately somebody goes, well, I just don't have enough faith. You know, it's really strange. There were times Jesus said to his disciples, oh, you have little faith. He did. There was even a city he went into that said, Jesus was unable to heal many people there because of the unbelief in the city. I don't understand that, but that's what it says. And yet, Jesus also said the faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. I don't understand. Which one is it? Well, it's both. Let me tell you why. Because mustard seeds are seeds, and you plant them. And when you plant them, they grow. When you exercise obedience and you believe God for healing for people and you pray for them, you're planting a seed, and it grows your faith. I, I, heard, uh, I heard people say, you know, the first time I started praying for people, I, nobody was healed, but I just kept praying, and all of a sudden, I began to see healings, and I began to see things. Why? Because their faith was growing, and their trust in God was growing, their understanding of God was growing, but they didn't quit caring about people. They didn't, re- retreat goes, it didn't work, it didn't work. It'll work if you plant the seeds. The more seeds you plant, the more we'll see. I guarantee you, if everybody raised their hand a minute ago and said, God has healed me, goes and, and sets your heart on praying for people, we're going to hear about all kinds of incredible things. I promise But if you don't do it, we won't hear it because it won't happen. Because God has put something in our hand. We are agents of the Lord to do this. I remember, I've told this before, i just tell it real briefly before, uh, I, 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 was in, I was in college, went to Pennsylvania to a Jesus festival. It was Woodstock without drugs. And, and uh it was great. And uh, I, I remember, uh, I remember I was standing as, as close as I am to you right there on the front row. And I saw a boy that was in, in a wheelchair with very severe cerebral palsy. Very severe. He couldn't even talk well at all. He was a teenager. His grandmother was there. And she had brought him there. And It was an outdoor thing. And, the, and this guy at the podium just said, God is healing someone in a wheelchair right now. Stand up. And I watched that guy. That couldn't stand up, stand up. I watched his arms go out like that. He stood up and his he stood up, his grandma passed out. That's exactly what happened. And I bought did too. And the, the news came and interviewed him two days later. And I, I saw that happen and I thought, God, I'll never doubt you again. And of course I have doubted him since then. But I go back and I go, I did see that. Nobody can take that from me i 'll tell you just recently in our own in our own church, uh, some of you remember Goldie McDaniel uh, came very close to death a, a, a couple of years ago. She was in the hospital, she had heart issues, and they did not think she would even make it through the night and and her son uh, Anthony was in the room that night and he was just praying and it just looked like things were were, were not she was not going to make it and all of a sudden he heard a wind he just heard in the room and he said it, it was just like he, he knew something had happened and in the morning she woke up and her heart was okay the Lord had just walked in the room walked in the room we celebrated she was known as the miracle lady of the Shelby Hospital let me tell you what Our God still does incredible things in this Thanksgiving season it would do us good to not go well he didn't do this and I didn't see this yet and I didn't be good for us to turn and say look at what the Lord has done and be encouraged that our God is Jehovah Rapha he is a healer he is a healer I don't mean to be that about I'm not weird about it I'm not about to go on the road with a show a healing show I just want you to know our God is a healer, and I trust Him, and He wants us to know Him as healer. He does not want us to be skeptical and not believe. He wants us to know who He is. Let me give you a little application of this today. Instead of saying, boy, we learned a lot about healing today, why don't you say, wow, I'm encouraged to go pray for people now. I'm encouraged. You don't even have to go and lay hands on them if you don't want to. You be led of God. The Spirit will lead you. Trust God. But just in your closet, pray for people. Call and see how they're doing. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you. We do that, I promise you. We're going to be overwhelmed at all the things that we see that God has done. I promise you that. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? God, All I know is that you're the healer. And Lord, I wish I could understand the whys. I wish I could understand what it takes. But I know you know that. I don't have to know it. I just know you. And I thank you that you put in my hand the ability to take this message and apply it to someone that I love. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that those in this audience and those online, right now, they're moved in their hearts to say, God, I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to pray. I'm going to care about sick people because God is my healer. Lord, I pray that that you would do that today. I want you, if you will, to stand with me. The worship team's going to come. We're going to sing a song to, to thank God ahead of time of our incredible gratitude toward him. And then when the prayer team comes in a few minutes, and those of you online, I want you to know this, there's somebody waiting right now for you that'll pray with you right now about the commitment you make to say, God, I'm not gonna be be afraid to pray for people anymore or a commitment to say, I need prayer. I need healing today. Our prayer team here and online is willing to pray for you, for your own sickness, for someone you know, or for God to strengthen that part of your life. In Jesus' name, I'm just going to ask you, let God do what He wants to during this song. And then we're going to gather together.